Okay, Proverbs chapter number 3. Let's start here jumping in in verse number 1. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 1. Our theme uh, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. He should direct thy paths. We'll have some to say about that this morning. But let's lead in uh, to that passage. Follow along, if you would, the back of your bulletin, the outline for the lesson is there. Proverbs 3, verse number 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Let thine heart keep my commandments. And that's important to recognize in order for God's commandments to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Proverbs 6.23 says the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction of the way of life. In order for God's word to really guide me and direct me and help me to live the way that I need to live, I need to make sure the commandments aren't just stored in my head. Right? Now, Putting the commandments in your head. That is partly your parents' responsibility. That is partly your pastor's responsibility. But there is nobody but you who can take those commandments and move them from your head into your heart. Right? Your parents, it's their job to teach you, to instruct you. Your pastor, it's his job to open God's word and tell you what the Bible says and lay out God's expectations and, and, and urge you to, 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 to trust in the Lord. But it's got to be your choice, your decision to let your heart keep God's commandments. Right Now, you've got some responsibility for getting them in your mind as well. You need to be in your Bible. You need to be reading God's Word. You need to be studying God's Word. You need to be searching the Scriptures to find out how God wants you to live. But it's important. You can't just have knowledge. You can't just have facts. You can't just have information. You can't just have memory verses. All of those things are good because it's a necessary first step. But in order for God's blessing to be upon your life, those commandments have got to find their way down into your heart and you've got to keep them there. You don't just have to get them there, you have to keep them there. Because they have a way of wanting to escape. <laughs> There's this tendency for the things of the world and the flesh and, and, and all of these external pressures to kind of push God's commandments out of your heart. And replace it with something else. Let thine heart keep my commandments. Verse number two. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Listen, the Old Testament full of God's promises of the nation of Israel for their obedience to the law. And it was physical and it was material and it was land and it was possessions and all of those things. But the principle still stands that keeping God's word will bless your life. <laughs> It'll make your life better than it would be otherwise. It's the right way to live. It's a good way to live. It's the best way to live. It doesn't mean that you won't uh, have diseases. It doesn't mean that you'll be wealthy and independently wealthy. And it, it doesn't mean all of those prosperity things, but it does mean inside, in your heart, you'll have joy, you'll have peace, you'll have hope, you'll have blessing. Peace and long life shall they... Add to thee. There's, there's really good reason for keeping God's word. 
and God's commandments in your heart. Verse number three, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table. Here it is again, the table of thine heart. God places preeminent importance upon the heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Verse number four, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And the, the, these words come up over and over in the book of Proverbs. And we'll say this over and over. We've got knowledge and wisdom. And in verse four, we have understanding. If you keep God's commandments in your heart, if you bind them about your neck, you'll find favor and good understanding. Good understanding. We've got knowledge, we've got wisdom, we've got understanding. Knowledge is the what. Knowledge is the what. Knowledge is facts and information. Knowledge is knowing things, right? Wisdom is the how. Wisdom is the application. Wisdom is the use of knowledge. Wisdom is taking information and using it to make good choices and decisions. Wisdom is doing the right thing based upon the right information. So we say you can't just have knowledge, and that's true, but you have to have knowledge in order to have wisdom. Knowledge is good because it's the foundation. It's the building life for making good choices and right decisions. So knowledge is the what. Wisdom is the how. Understanding is the why. Understanding is the why. Now here's, here's why this is important. Here's why I wanted to point that out. Because verse number one says, let thine heart keep my commandments. Verse number four says, if you will do that, then you will find good understanding in the sight of God and man. Here's, here's what we want, right? Remember, knowledge is the what, wisdom is the how, understanding is the why. Here's what we want. We want to understand first and obey second. Does that make sense? Before we commit to obedience, we want to know why. Why did God say that? Why do I have to do that? Why can't I go there? Why is that forbidden? We want, we want to understand and then, okay, it makes sense. I'll do it. But that's not the biblical pattern. That's not the biblical order. Biblically, we don't understand, then obey. According to verses 1 through 4, we have to obey in order to understand. You see that? The, the why doesn't come until the how is followed. You don't get understanding before wisdom. You get understanding after wisdom. You don't get understanding bef before you obey. You get understanding after you obey. We have to obey in order to understand. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Then verses 5 and 6 again. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't think you've got it figured out. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Again. 
five points in these two verses. We have the command, trust in the Lord. The extent of the command, with all thine heart. The alternative to the command, lean not on thine own understanding. We've got the meaning of the command, in all thy ways acknowledge him. And then a promise attached to the command, he shall direct thy paths. And, and, and guys, we need God's direction. Every one of us uh, in whatever life stage, but perhaps no more life stage do we need God's direction more than the one in which you find yourself right now. End of your teen years, first of your 20s. <laughs> Important decisions to make that will set the course for the rest of your life. Uh, you need to check your heart and make sure that you want God's direction. And if you do, here's how you can have it. Just trust him. Trust him. Trust means confidence. Trust means a reliance or resting of the mind. Listen to this. On the integrity, veracity, justice, friendship, or other sound principle of another person. We're going to talk this morning about reasons why we can trust God, reasons why we should trust God. We had stated last time that trust is based on a promise. Trust is based on truth. The definition, the dictionary definition of trust points to the one in whom we trust. Trust is based on someone who has integrity and veracity and justice and friendship and other sound principles. And God obviously has all of those things. Trust is something committed to a person's care for use or management for which an account must be rendered. God has entrusted things to us. So reasons why we should trust the Lord this morning. Uh, many of these verses are from our January Bible memory assignment. We've got five points, lots of references to run. So Job 35, 14, first of all. Job 35, 14. A reliance or resting of the mind on the integrity, veracity, justice, friendship, or other sound principle of another person. Job 35, 14. When you put it in those terms, it seems very foolish of us not to trust the Lord. Right? Job 35, 14. Here's, here's point number one. Why we can trust the Lord? Because he's always right. Because he is always right. Job 35, 14, the Bible says, Although thou sayest thou shalt not see him, yet judgment is before him. Therefore, trust thou in him. Judgment is before him. God is, Genesis 18, 24, the judge of all the earth shall not the judge of all the earth do right. He shall, he does, he always has, he always will. Can you imagine, can you imagine having never been wrong? I know if some of you think you can imagine that. You think you are living that life. Never been wrong. But like, can you imagine for real? <laughs> For real, you have never been wrong. Aced every test. Made the right decision in every situation. Every piece of advice you'd ever given, it turned out the right way when somebody followed it. Every dispute that had to be settled by Google, Google was on your side. Right? Can you imagine always being right? God is always right. God is 
never been wrong. For 6,000 years of human history, he has never made a mistake. Nobody has ever regretted following his advice. God can be trusted because he always is right. Look at Proverbs 3, 19 through 21. We really need to think deeply about that. Why would we question someone who's batting a thousand? Why should we question someone with thousands of years of history of never being wrong? You ask advice from one of your peers. You go to even a trusted adult, explain the situation. Here's what I'm facing. Here's the decision I have to make. What should I do? And... People who love you and care about you, they're going to give you the best advice they can. They're going to try to counsel you as best they can. And it's the right thing to do to go and try to ask somebody. But come on, if you come to me and ask me what you should do, I've been wrong before. And I want you to come and I want to try to help. And I'm going to give you the best answer that I can. And I'm not telling you not to listen to me. I'm just saying you can listen to God because he's always right. And sometimes I'm right, but most of the time Lauren's right. So, <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 19. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. God's wisdom, verse number 19, displayed in creation. God's knowledge, verse number 20, displayed in creation. Verse 21, don't forget about that. Don't let go of that. Don't ignore that. You need to embrace that and trust him because he's always right. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse number 31 is a special verse in my life, 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse number 31 is a verse that God used to help me learn some important lessons about trusting him. Psalm, 2 Samuel 22, it's also in Psalm 18 verse number 30, but 2 Samuel 22 verse 31, the Bible says, As for God, his way is, say the next word. It'll help once you get there. 2 Samuel 22, now you know what it is. 2 Samuel 22, 31. As for God, his way is perfect. Perfect. God's way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried, and it's, it's never failed the test. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. You can trust God because he's always right. His way is perfect. How about number two? Because he's always there. Because he's always there. Psalm 9. Come with me to Psalm 9. And verse number 10. It's another one of the memory verses this month. Psalm 9. Psalm 9 and verse number 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee for, here's the reason, here's the basis, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. 
For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. People will fail you. There will be people in your life that you will trust and you will think that they will always be there. And then at a crucial time when you need somebody to be there, they're not. Uh, Even when people have the best of intentions sometimes, uh, it is beyond their capacity to help in every situation. But God, he is not forsaken. He will never leave nor forsake thee. Listen, doesn't matter where you are, when it is, doesn't matter what the situation is, doesn't matter what problem you're facing, doesn't matter how many times you failed. God will always be there. Always there. You can count on him. He said in Hebrews 13, 5, that he will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And and because of that, I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. Before Jesus left the disciples and went to heaven, he was leaving them corporally and physically and bodily. But he said, I am with thee always, even unto the end of the world. In Psalm 46 and verse 1, the Bible says that God is a very present help in trouble. You will never turn to God and not find him. You will never turn to the Lord and 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 he's gone silent. God God's always there. He has not forsaken them that seek thee. Come on. When 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 you're looking for a friend to be able to trust, you want to know if they're going to be there for you. You want to know if they'll be available and dependable and I'm 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 just telling you to consider the trustworthiness of the Lord, he's never going to forsake you. He's going to be there so you can trust him. Number three, not only is he always right, not only is he always there, but he always loves. Because he always loves. You could say because he always cares. Come to Psalm 36, verse number 7. Psalm 36 and verse number 7, the Bible says, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Think about this. Think about this. How excellent is thy loving kindness. We have all given God every reason not to love us. We've offended him, we've violated his commandment, we've ignored him, we've rejected him, we've, uh, with our actions, insulted him. I, I mean, seriously, God's never done anything wrong to us, and yet sometimes we don't trust him. God's never done anything wrong to us, and yet we doubt him. I, I, I mean, we have given God every reason not to love us, but he does. And he always has and he always will. And that love is unchanging. Jeremiah 31.3 says that he has loved us with an everlasting love. 1 John 4.8, God is love. He doesn't love us because of who we are. He loves us because of who he is. Our actions don't change his love. Now, we can aspire to that. We can try to implement that. uh, But that's not... That is beyond a human level of love. We need the Holy Spirit to work that in our hearts in order for us to demonstrate that kind of love. Our love is often based on what the other person does or doesn't do, right? 
It's really hard to love people who uh, insult you or hurt you or break your trust or, right? I mean, we have a hard time. We have a hard time with that kind of love. But God's love, God's love is excellent. God's love is everlasting. God's love is unchanging. God's love is eternal. How can we not trust someone like that? How excellent is thy love and kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1, we're told to behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. We, we really need to be constantly reminded of God's love because it will lead us to trust in him, to confide in him, to rely on him, to rest in him. Go ahead and turn to Jude one twenty one. Let's read that one together. Jude one twenty one. The Bible says, Jude one twenty. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I'm so glad the verse doesn't say, keep, make sure that God keeps loving you. Right? It's not what it said. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, now, now God loves you, but you've got to stay there. You've got to keep yourself there. You've got you've to... You've got to look at that. You've got to remind yourself of that. You've got to be mindful of God's love. That's why it's so great to come to church and open the hymnal and sing the songs. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book that he's given. That's why it's great to come and sing my, my Savior's love. How, how wonderful, how marvelous, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's Love for me because we got to keep ourselves in love of God because that is the basis of our trusting him. Listen, listen, it, it, it will be easy for you at some point in your life to get to the point like the disciples in the boat, on the storm, on the sea that night when they went to Jesus and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They accused Jesus of not caring about them, which seems ridiculous from the outside looking in, but we weren't in the boat, on the sea, in the storm, with them that night. And I'm just telling you, there are going to be storms in your life. There are going to be situations in your life. There are going to be things that happen in your life that if you're not careful, will put you in that same condition where you begin to question and to doubt God's love for you. You've got to keep yourself there. You've got to remind yourself of that. You've got to, you've got to open the Bible. You've got to open the hymnal. And you've got to know that God loves you. And because of that, we can trust him, and we should. Come to Isaiah 26, number 4. Isaiah 26. Verse number 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. We can... Trust God because he's always right. Trust God because he's always there. Trust God because he always loves. And then trust God because he's always able. Because he's always able. 
Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For, why? Here's the reason. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. We're talking about the sound principles of God that enable us to trust in him. And it's not only his love, but it's his strength, his might, his power, his ability. Not only is he always there, but the Bible says that we can come to the throne of grace. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and find grace to help in our time of need. There is never a need in your life that God is not able to meet. There is never a need in your heart that God is not able to fill. He has a very present help in time of trouble and he always has the help that we need. His grace is all sufficient. He comforts in every tribulation. I'm just saying that God's power is unlimited. His might is unlimited. His strength is unlimited. He's able. There'll be people in your life that want to help and they can't. But God never has a situation where he wants to do something that he is unable to do. Trust him because he's always able. And then number five, trust him because he always blesses. Let's look at our memory verse, Psalm 84, 11 and 12. Psalm 84. Eleven and twelve. Here's a great Bible term. Psalm eighty-four. Eleven and twelve. The Bible says, "The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly." There's a great promise to cling to in your life. Verse number twelve. O Lord of hosts, here's the word, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. That statement's repeated at least four more times in Scripture. The references are there, Psalm 2.12, 2, Psalm, 2, Psalm 34.8, Psalm 40, verse 4, Jeremiah 17, verse 7. So at least five times in the Bible, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. That word blessed, when we read it in the Bible, you know what it means? means happy, basically. means happy. God, does, God wants you to be happy. That doesn't mean that we get to do whatever we think will make us happy and God's okay with it. That's how people misunderstand that statement. God wants you happy and he knows how you can be. And that's why he's told us what to do and not to do and how to live and how not to live. Because he knows what will result in blessing and peace and joy and happiness. And if we believe him, if we trust him, if we follow him, we will find that blessing. Are you happy this morning? It's kind of a good test. If, if, if you're not... You need to trust the Lord. Trusting God looks like obedience. That, 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 that confidence in his word. I, I can know that he's right. I can know that he loves me. If he's right and if he loves me, then I'll do what he says. I'll follow his instructions. I'll put his commandments in my heart. 
Trusting God is going to him with our problems, with our worries, with our cares, with our concerns. It's pouring out our hearts before him. It's it's finding his grace to help in our time of need. It's leaning upon him, knowing that all things will work together for good. It's 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 rejecting despair and and discouragement. It's it, it it's allowing him to lift us up when we're down. Trust in the Lord. We've got every reason to do it because he is 100% absolutely perfectly trustworthy for just these five quick reasons. He's always right. He's always there. He always loves. He's always able. And he always blesses. We've got every reason in the world to trust him. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, this morning. Help us, God, to trust you with all of our hearts. Help us to remember how good, how great, how powerful you are. And Lord, may that truth that we put in our hearts lead us to make the right choice, to trust in you, give us knowledge, give us wisdom, give us understanding, we pray in Jesus' name.